0: Hello, hello, hello. I am your Manit Chowhan hostess with the most is Michael Munoz. And welcome to In Yo Mouth. In Yo Mouth. I'm the queen of food who's always Sheen. in the mood. To lick it right, lick it good. Show oh, you how to. Oh, hug. God, that's good. I want to know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In Yo Mouth. I've got goosebumps. Hey there, and welcome back, folks. Once again, I am your hostess with the Moses Munoz. And folks, folks, as we barrel, as we are thrown headfirst into the deepest end of this holiday pool, how are y'all doing out there? I mean, we were not two seconds out from Halloween, and we have all the holiday things, and it's just getting worse and worse as we go along. We can't even celebrate pumpkin pie anymore before, um, you know, Santa is on our front doors, folks. Our front doors. New York is being a very indecisive girl these days, but that's very New York. Um, if you're here on the East Coast, especially in New York City, you know, we, uh, we go from summer to fall to winter really quick, but no, back to fall to now we just are having a bit of summer again. And I mean, Mother Nature is just toying with our emotions. I don't know why it's so warm here, but I feel like this is a prediction. You heard it here first. Um, I feel like this is a prediction for a bad winter, a bad winter. And I love the winter. So give me all the snow. I don't care what you say out there. Fight me on it. Other than that, um, it's been Good Eats all week. Shout out to Maison Pickle on the Upper West Side here in New York City. Not a sponsor, but I haven't been there in quite some time. And they are still serving out a delicious, delicious dish. If you go have the break bread. It's like this buttery, savory monkey bread with like, there's a feta and olive one that just warms the cockles of your heart. Don't even count calories that day. Oh, it's so, so, so delicious. Other than that, um, your girl has been busy. Busy, busy between Netflix, busy between Ali Forney, busy between creating content. Just busy and grateful for all of you out there who support me and and just slide into the DMs with all the the, the nice things you have to say and all the nice comments you have. Shout out to Anthony Porowski, who's been from Queer Eye, who's also been just, you know, lifting me up out there. Um, I'm very, very grateful for him. Other than that, I really want to get to the getting on because... My guest today, I am so excited for. Like I told you last week on the pod, we ha- we had to push this and reschedule, but She is here all the way from India. It is super early here in New York, but it is. Yes, honk if you love India, if you heard that out there. (laughs) So without further ado, please help me welcome the one, the only, Ritu Dalmia. Say hi. Hello, hello,
1: hello. Well, I'll tell you what, if you think it's super early there, it is nicely pleasant an evening out here so i feel a bit sorry for you but i think i have the better hand where the weather is concerned and where the timing is concerned where the sunlight is concerned
0: i uh, i love it listen the sun just came up here in new york city but i'm a morning person i am a morning person and and god help the man that ever ends up beside me because I once I am up, I am up and ready to go. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I am a ball of energy all the time.
1: You're talking to a chef here, so we don't we don't believe in being morning person. The minute the sun sets, our eyes open and we go hunting out for blood, my dear boy.
0: Well, first and foremost, I am so excited to have you on. I'm it has so been excited a long journey.
1: Apologize for no, no apologies necessary.
0: I always say, I always say it's kids met. It is right time, right place for us to connect. Yes. So I am honored to have you here and thank you so much for giving me of your time. But before we get anywhere, I have to do what I have to do. And Ritu, in the grand tradition of In Your Mouth. I need to wish you Happy National Greek Yogurt Day! Happy
1: National Greek Yogurt Day. I even have some Greek yogurt in my fridge, believe it or not. In Goa, in India, I have some Greek yogurt in my fridge. That's my dinner tonight. To celebrate... Just Greek... Greek yogurt day. Just
0: Just Greek yogurt? I mean, that's not very exciting. I'm
1: not going to tell you what the toppings will be. I mean, look at me. I mean, I have to keep this you know, reputation of being all healthy and slim, etc. So I'm not going to tell you about the caramelized nuts, about the maple syrup, about the candies on it. Plus uh, some chocolate syrup might also work and some waffle cone as well. But that's not for you to know. Only the Greek yogurt part is good.
0: (laughs) You know what? Simple hack. Stick a stick a wooden uh, stick in it and throw it in the freezer you know, for a few hours, and then you'll have frozen Greek yogurt, right? A, a frozen, delicious Absolutely. treat. Absolutely. I feel like Greek yogurt is, and maybe many of the yogurts, right, are are so versatile. Would you not say? It's probably one of the most versatile foods out there.
1: So talking about yogurt in general, for me, it is really an imperative part of my kitchen Uh, both in my professional kitchen as well as in my home kitchen. Uh, Many years ago, someone asked me what would they always find in my fridge. And those days I wasn't cooking at home. And the reality was when I actually opened the fridge to see what was there, there was two tubs of Greek yogurt, two bottles of champagne, and a little bit of tomatoes. That's all what my fridge can tell. So coming back, I think uh, it is a very imperative, a very... Integral parts. So most of the curries, the Indian cooking that we do also, yogurt plays a very important role. With the temperature, it helps to keep the body cool. In India, again, like I said, and what people don't realize that people say lactose-free, which could be very well true, but uh, the probiotic factor or the fermented factor of yogurt actually plays... An amazing role with our immunity and building up our system apart from i mean these are the good part or let's say the politically right things to say but at the end it is absolutely delicious whether it's a cheesecake whether it's a curry whether it's a turkish soup uh whether it is a nice breakfast morning breakfast uh it's versatile we have it in savory form and curry form uh, as a dessert, as a starter. So, yes, uh, yeah. I don't want to know what my life would be if there was no yogurt.
0: Yeah, right. And Now, I, there is not a lot of yogurt in my life for that reason because of the lactose yeah. of it all. But I do love a yogurt. And like I said, I, I don't necessarily, I can't necessarily think of another food that's as versatile as a as a yogurt in general, oh, yeah. you know? Yes. So, um, so you know what? No matter what you celebrate out there, whether it's Greek yogurt, coconut yogurt, or um, I don't know, yogurt for the people. Where you <laughs> Today good? we celebrate you.
1: Almond milk yogurt or just yogurt it by itself.
0: Yes, exactly, exactly No matter what you celebrate out there We celebrate you And moving right along into this day in gay history Ritu, did you know that in 1985 Terry Sweeney, arguably the first openly gay performer On network television Joins the cast of Saturday Night Live Where he quickly gains national attention For his hilarious impersonation of First Lady Nancy Reagan
1: Look at that. I didn't know that. This is fabulous.
0: Right? 1985. Well, I I feel like I've done another This Day in Gay History where um, the woman who played the neighbor in Married with Children was claimed as the first openly gay person on television. Yeah. So I'd have to go back and research. But I love yes. these little tidbits. But this sounds a right, little huh? Yeah, it does sound about right. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I'm a spring chicken, so I wouldn't know.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're spring chicken, and I'm queen of England, my dear boy.
0: <laughs> the new queen, because we, we we want you alive and well, girl. We want yes, you alive absolutely. and well. Well, listen, I want to get to the getting on here. And in your mouth, listeners, if you don't know, you're about to know. One of India's most celebrated celebrity chefs and fabulous restaurateur is Ritu Mia. She is the co-owner of six restaurants in India, three in Milan, Italy, and a catering vertical that serves worldwide destinations. She also hosted a TV cookery show, Italian Cana, for NDTV Good Times for three seasons and published her first cookbook by the same name in 2009. She hosted Traveling Diva on NDTV Good Times as well. On top of being a celebrated chef, Chef Delmia is a prominent LGBTQ rights activist. In June 2016, Dalmia and five others, all members of the LGBTQ community themselves, filed a writ petition in the Supreme Court of India challenging Section 377 of the Indian Penal Code. This resulted in the 2018 landmark judgment in Navtej Singh Johar and others versus Union of India, in which the Supreme Court unanimously declared the law of unconstitutional insofar it criminalizes consensual sexual conduct between adults of the same sex look at that she is a chef and all-around activist what can't she do folks thank you for being here
1: honestly my ego just turned three times in its size i can't remember last time gave me such a anyone gave me such a glowing introduction you know i'm grinning cheek to cheek as you can see
0: and um, well i mean it's you. well deserved you have accomplished a lot in your lifetime not only for yourself but for the greater community at large
1: so uh, i darling i'm still very young i still have a lot to achieve this is just the beginning i hope but talking seriously about the community and honestly you know um for me if i was to really look back at my 50 years of life um, I got a lot of fame, a um, lot of gracious gratitude from uh, my cooking in my restaurants and my events worldwide. But if I look back, there's if there was one thing that I would say that I'm the proudest of is what we did with this petition. Because honestly, I didn't think we'll win it in this lifetime. I was shit scared before signing in. And what has happened and what this has achieved, opening 100 restaurants, writing 100 cookbooks, getting all the awards in the world, they still don't compare. So yes, I am very grateful for this. And I'm very grateful that I got an opportunity to do something for the community. Because all of us talk, all of us say this should be done, that should be done. But not many get an opportunity to actually go and do something about it. So I think that has been the biggest blessing in my life, if I may say so.
0: So, Ritu, what I love to do with people like you that are so accomplished—not um, to say that the rest of my uh, guests over the past five years aren't accomplished—you're just at a different phase in your journey and your career. That, and you've done so much. What's it? What's it like hearing all of that back?
1: Oh, great. Feels fabulous. Can't get it up. <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, as I was saying earlier, I still feel there's a lot to be done. You know, there's still a lot to be done. I'm an impatient person. I'm I've got too much energy, too much, way too much nervous energy, and I need to use that energy somewhere. And I never set out my life to do what I did. Everything happened by an accident. Everything happened by default. So I'm sure there'll be many more things happening in the future. And my ultimate goal will be to write the most scandalous novel ever that's been written. To be published posthumously, of course, so that no one sets out a mafia hit on me. With all the experiences and all the amazing, crazy things... That's happened in my life. I mean, just when I think, okay, that's it, from now on, life will be boring, simple, normal. Boom! There's something else that comes along.
0: And I love as I that. Say,
1: two years, the two years, three years of fighting this case against the government of India was quite, how shall I say, a bit of a roller coaster ride. It was great fun, uh, non-stop trolling, uh, dirty messages. Uh, but as I said, at least there was a lot of excitement that was added
0: because of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I want to be the first to read that book. And maybe maybe you can honor me by letting me write the forward.
1: Oh, done deal. <laughs> you send me the t-shirt and I send you the book. All right? Got you. Got you.
0: Got... All right. <laughs> I we, love barters. Right? I, I love it too. Um, where did the love of cooking come from?
1: Uh. This is going to be out in public. Everyone's gonna hear it? Yes. <laughs> oh dear God. Well, let's just hope my mom doesn't listen to American radios. My mother was a terrible
0: cook. Well, no, I'm on I'm on all the Indian streaming platforms as well. So Geo oh, Ghana. I'm I'm you can find me there too.
1: <laughs> oh, I hope I was hoping not, but let's put it this way, I will keep my mom away from all of it. The love of cooking, my mom's a terrible cook. She always has been a terrible cook. And honestly, eating her food was a punishment. So it was for yourself very early in your life. I'm sure, I mean, every in case you have interviewed any other chef, I'm sure they all told you, my aunt, my mommy, my grandma, blah, blah, blah. Unfortunately, that's not true in my case. The love of cooking only came due to survival mode. I had to survive. I had to survive, and the only way to survive was to cook for myself rather than eating my
0: mom's food. Wow. Wow.
1: She's <laughs> <laughs> 40 enough to admit it. Yeah, okay. And now she takes all the credit. And now she says, Yeah, you see, I did something good. I didn't cook well on purpose just so that you could, you know, explore your own all in a tunnel to I said, Yeah, sure,
0: sure, sure. <laughs> Now that is now that is badass mom energy. She was like, "You see, yeah. I was helping Absolutely. you all along." <laughs> Clever little girl. Huh? She is a little <laughs> manipulative mom. I love that. I love that. So, talk to me about the journey. Then you started cooking for survival. When did cooking actually click to become a career? Then.
1: So you see, uh, I never thought. As I told you, everything happened in my life by an accident. I really had no plans to become a chef. I had no plans to open a restaurant. My family was all a business family. And my plan when I was growing up was to go to Wharton Business School for an MBA degree and become this really high shot tycoon in little pink tight skirt and a little jet plane following me around and an army of executive assistants following me. That was my dream. All right. And I started working with my father's firm and he made one huge mistake. One day he really got angry with me in front of the entire team. And that was the day without even thinking twice, I said, "Okay, enough. I'm going to go and do something on my own. I quit. Well, wonderful to say I quit, but the reality was I had no education behind me because I barely managed to finish high school. Because I was in too much of a hurry to get into the real world. Whilst all my siblings went to USC's of the world, I started working at the age of 17. So the only thing I had done so far was work with my father. So it's well and good. I've said, fuck you, I'm not going to work for you anymore. But uh, I had also gotten used to a little bit of high life, working with him, going to Italy on business trips eating good food, drinking good wine, and expensing it all to the company. How the hell was I going to afford that? So the only thing I knew was how to cook. And I had a very dear friend, a lady called Sarah. And if I look back, I also would think she was my first love or first crush, although I didn't realize it at that point, who said, you know what, you cook quite well and you really make good Italian food. And there are no Italian restaurants in India. Why don't you open an Italian restaurant? And without doing any market research, studies, statistics, that from that day, within 90 days, I opened my first little Italian restaurant in Delhi. So it didn't click. It didn't hit. It didn't come. It just happened by an accident, like every other thing in my life. So if I was to pinpoint when did I really decide to become a chef or take cooking as a profession, I don't know. Again, survival. Had no job had very little money in my pocket, very bad habits, taste for very good wine. Uh, so, again, it was survival. I had to survive, so I had to do something about it.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the I, I love the this journey of survival that we're on right now. And it's kind of what I love about uh, In Your Mouth listeners. It's kind of what I love. And if you've listened to me for quite some time, you know this about me. It's what I love about meeting my guests because you know 98% of the people who I invite on my pod we become fast friends but I don't know them before they come here. And so you know these are candid conversations and I don't know what to expect and this and what comes out of this like this this road of survival that we're on is really really special and very unexpected actually because of what I've learned about you by deep diving into the internet. So that's a really interesting find. So what kept you going? Like, out of survival mode, I understand, like, you need to survive. But what what was the key to keep you going?
1: Oh, many other things. Ego. I think ego was the biggest thing. Because when I opened my first restaurant, it was actually a failure. It was the first restaurant in Delhi. People didn't have any clue about Italian food. Uh, sorry, a bit like what United States used to be 25 years ago. They thought the portions were too small. The pasta was undercooked. And why was Parma ham cold? Uh, It should be ham in their head was glazed ham. So it was really not going to, but I wasn't going to go back with my tail hanging between my legs that I didn't quite make it. So for me, what kept me going was just to prove a point. And, you know, I can't, I don't know how to explain it to you. I'm not scared. I'm not scared of situations. And I like to take, even if there's an issue, if there's a problem, I like to take it head on. And this is I think one of my biggest strengths that I've never been scared. So the restaurant failed. I don't care. I'll take the next flight to London and open an Indian restaurant in London. Can't take colds to Newcastle. So it happened one after the other. One restaurant became a success. Okay, I need to come back to India to come back to my roots. Let's start with Italian again, because I failed in it the first time round, And today, as I said, 23, 24 years after that Italian restaurant, which failed in Delhi, or the second one that opened, you look back and you said, "Okay, yes, survival, I've done it. Ego, I've proven it. And now it's all about seeing how much can I push myself to. But I also know when the point comes when I need to stop, I will stop and take a back seat very graciously.
0: So would you say the key to your success was being unafraid? Or would you say the key to your success was uh, a large ego at a young age or a combination of both?
1: Uh, Ego doesn't exist in me anymore. I have mellowed a lot. And I've also realized ego has no role in my life anymore. And I gave it too much and it played its role, it gave me the benefit when it was needed. Otherwise, I would have quit uh, from the restaurant and gone back to my father begging him for a job again. Uh, so it played its role. But today, I think if I was to look back, my being unafraid, which also got me into a lot of trouble, that's another story. I mean, I sometimes uh, don't know where to stop and it's it's a bit dangerous. But... It has proven more to be worthy than unworthy over this period of life. And even this case, even this petition that we filed against the Constitution of India, it was because I'm not afraid. Because what was really funny about it, Michael, that that time the law said that if you are homosexual, you're a criminal. A criminal which means that you are You could go to jail without a bail for a lifetime. It was a lifetime offense. The minute you go and file this, you're actually publicly declaring yourself to be a homosexual. I haven't been in the closet for the longest time. Since I was a kid, I've been out. I was out to my parents, my friends. But yes, at the same time, I didn't go around jumping from the rooftop saying, Hello, I'm a lesbian. Because not for any other reason, but because I wanted to be recognized or known for my food skills and not with who I sleep with. So when this uh, thing happened and Menika Guruswami, the lawyer who fought this case for me and for everyone else, who I think is one of the most brilliant women I have come across in my whole life, uh, I said yes right away. And she said, do you realize the repercussions of it? I said, yeah, what? She says, firstly, if people wanted to harass you, they could because you're publicly declaring yourself to be a homosexual. There could be police charges against you. You could be behind bars. You will have a lot of negativity. There will be a lot of stress on the family and the friends around you. Are you ready for it? Of course, I said yes, without thinking what that really meant. There were times in the next two and a half years when I actually wondered and questioned myself, did I do the right thing? But again, at the end, my fearlessness took over everything else. And I'm so glad that I did it. So coming back to your question, to which I've given a very, very long answer. I think the lack of fear has played a huge role in my life. Ego played a role but i've given it a kick out of the door now i'm 50 now i have to mellow down with age you see
0: yeah absolutely um i you made a seamless transition for me so thank you into this case so wait a minute so if you could have gone to jail for the rest of your life did you fight this case in india and somehow avoid jail like how did that how did that work
1: So can I tell you, it's really not a nice thing to say. But the truth is, India is a very uh, class-based society. And this is another reason why I think uh, these things didn't happen when it should have happened. Even when the law said you're a criminal, people like us, if you don't mind my using that term, people who are known or people who come from a fairly middle class backgrounds people who are not uh, very young who have their own little cliques everyone was open and out but you just didn't have let's say gay nightclubs or whatever you met with friends whatever but you didn't go and just speak about it loud and loud and aloud in public so we in some ways were quite comfortable and this law whether it existed or not didn't make a difference to our life The difference it made, too, were the people in smaller cities, in smaller towns, people who were still afraid of their families, the repercussions of society, where cops used to go and harass all these young boys and girls whose homes were so small that the only place that they could meet with their partners or their lovers was somewhere in the park or some public space. The minute they would hold hands, the cops would come and arrest them. It made a difference to their life. And my girlfriend, uh, she told me once that you sit and complain about all these things, you know, what have you done about it? And that really hit the chord and it hit me really low because that was a fact and that is a reality. And that's the reason actually I agreed to sign up and fight this petition irrespective what the outcome would have been.
0: Wow, wow, that's incredible. Um, What was coming out like for you?
1: For me, can I be honest with you? Very. Again, it's the lack of fear. It's a bloody lack of fear. So there were three things which was in my favor. Number one, I was financially independent. Secondly, I didn't give a shit. And thirdly, I'm also a diplomat, so I knew how to handle my family. Rest did not matter to me. So I come from an actually a very conservative family in India. Uh, We are Marwaris, which are really actually similar to the Jews, but very conservative family. So for me, everyone laughs at me that how you manage to just go and tell your mom, mom, I'm in love with a girl and get away with it is something they still cannot wrap their fingers around it. So I think for me, it was, I needed that acceptance from my parents But I also was mentally prepared that if they did not, it was fine by me. I wasn't worried that I'll be thrown out of the house. I wasn't worried that I will be out on the streets, whatever. And that's what I tell young people today also. The two things, if you're financially independent, life becomes a lot easier for you. And secondly, at the end, parents love their kids. You know, they may have all the emotions. They may have everything holding them back. But eventually, parents come around. And as long as your parents, who matter to you, accept you and support you, rest of the society, nothing else matters.
0: I love that. Yeah, I mean, you're you're driving this car for me. I don't even need to transition into like next questions because you you just do it. You just do it.
1: Are you trying to tell me that I'm talking too much?
0: No, I'm saying that you're you're a piece of perfection. Right.
1: Oh, how many times have I heard that, my dear boy? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I want to thank you for sharing that. And I want to thank you for sharing a, a little nugget of advice to the younger generation. It's why I it's why I ask all my guests about coming out, because our stories are important and we don't know necessarily who's listening and who we can affect by our stories yes. or who we can uh, uh, touch by our stories, you know, and with the holidays rapidly coming upon us and being thrown upon us, I said this last week. That a lot of LGBTQ youth, especially those that don't have loving families that have been thrown out of their homes, um, I, I say this statistic here all the time. Something like uh twenty-nine percent of all all homeless youth in America identify as LGBTQ, wow. and then something like thirty-six percent of that identify as trans and non-binary. I'm pretty sure those are the numbers. Don't direct quote me on that, but I've done a a lot of research on it. The numbers aren't in front of me. So, you know, these people, the holidays are triggering. The holidays are hard. You don't...
1: COVID was horrible. Holidays are hard. These are the times when actually these kids, these young people need the maximum support. And as I say it again and again, you guys are going to be just fine at the end of the day. Don't be scared and don't be ashamed. They need to first be proud of who they are. And if you are proud, honestly, don't give a shit about anyone else.
0: Amen. Amen. I think that's the perfect place to put a pin in it. Ritu and I are going to go get a spoonful of Greek yogurt and and maybe a sip of champagne. And we're going to be back... (laughs) With my favorite part and your favorite part of the podcast. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. All right, me too. I hope you're ready for my favorite part and the audience's favorite part of the podcast. A little something we like to call food news food update. News food update. news. Food up. news. Ooh, honey, you ain't oh. ready, girl. Spill the food tea. News update. Jose Andres' portrait goes on display at the National Portrait Gallery. I love Jose Andres. Do you know Jose Andres? Tell me. Tell me you do.
1: I've had the pleasure of meeting him, working with him, and I really adore him, and I think it's well-deserved.
0: I have been a big fan for a very long time and I actually met him randomly on the street and I accosted him just telling him how much I love him. It was a really special moment. And I love this moment for him because he does so much good work
1: out there. Absolutely. And actually chefs have a big responsibility and sometimes don't look at that responsibility or think it's just a publicity stunt um, opportunity for us. But what Jose has done and continues to do is remarkable. And honestly, I envy him and I wish if I could be one tenth of a person he is, I would be super happy about it.
0: Uh, I mean, amen. Amen to that. I, I try to do my part as the holidays roll around um, with like organizations like Ali Forney Center um, or Ali Forney Center and uh, Operation Santa and Out of My Closet um, and things like that. But like, I, I can't even come close to hold a candle to what this man does. And so back in January, the Smithsonian's National Portrait Gallery announced that chef and humanitarian Jose Andres, who continues to open new restaurants while also helping people around the globe through his charity, World Central Kitchen, would be one of 2022's Portrait of a Nation honorees. So... The work is titled Jose Andres and the Olla de Barro that feeds the world. A painting of oil on linen from Los Angeles-based Kadir Nelson, perhaps best known for his covers for The New Yorker, dealing with the pandemic and the Black Lives Matter movement. The portrait is described as showing Jose and his team amid the battle and flood determined in their mission to feed those in need, noting that the chef thought it was very important that the portrait was just not of him, but also showed the community a brave and dedicated people that are the heart and the backbone of World Central Kitchen. Meanwhile, the olla de barro in the title is a type of clay cooking pot which Jose Andres is depicted holding front and center of the work. Now, you need to look this up. It's a stunning portrait of him front and center, like... Knee deep in water, war b- happening behind him, and his entire team holding different types of like crates of food behind him. It's absolutely breathtaking. This portrait, I
1: thought this right away.
0: Right, uh, I mean, it's 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 a stunning portrait, and I just thought it was a piece of good news that we needed, uh, you know. It. And I celebrate him. I am a big fan. Although he's not part of the LGBTQ community, he is welcome on this podcast any day he <laughs> wants.
1: So <laughs> oh, he spends a little bit of time with you, my dear Michael. We may just pull him on the other side of the fence. Right?
0: <laughs> you know, these days, these days, everyone's on the spectrum. and. Yeah. I- I think we are here for this, especially that. Because we can call Jose Andre Zaddy, honey. (laughs) Okay? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You're not dreaming. This jet-puffed marshmallow pillow is a very real product. And the price is just $1.79. The cost of a bag of marshmallows.
1: (laughs) I am... Plus...
0: I know. Ritu's looking at me very, very confused. Basically, what it comes down to, Ritu, is that, um, do you know uh, the brand Jet Puffed that makes all the marshmallows? Well, they they decided this year to come out with their own pillow.
1: Oh. Oh. I can just imagine having very, very sticky hair.
0: (laughs) I mean, Uh if I... If I had hair and it was sticky in the morning, it wouldn't be from marshmallows, I'd imagine. I think, oh,
1: okay, thank you. No, need to know basis, my dear Michael. Need to know. All right, so there's too much information now. All right. <laughs> I think I'd rather have marshmallows on a skewer and I will take a pass on the pillow, But please.
0: Well, this is actually a real pillow, Right. So in honor of the potential permanent end of daylight savings time after this year, Jet puffed has started selling a limited edition Jet Puff Marshmallow Pillow. The pillow mirrors the brand's jet puffing technology, a process used since the 1950s that adds the perfect amount of air into its marshmallow, the brand explains. As for their design, these queen-sized pillows are made from luxurious white satin and are stuffed with 100% recycled polyfiber filled. Additional touches include imagery of the brand's iconic Puff Pals and an official Jet Puff tag of approval for a good night's sleep. So this pillow sounds very luxurious, first and foremost. Do you, have you discovered like the silk pillowcases, the satin pillowcases?
1: Darling, I am into 100% linen and 100% cotton. Silk does not quite do it for me. Each to his kink, as they say.
0: Yes, but no. I only have silk and satin pillowcases because they're good for the skin, right? They keep oh. the wrinkles away. And if you have hair, it's really, really good for your hair, too.
1: Do you see the skin of mine?
0: I mean, well, we come, we come from... We We come from cultures that will forever look young, darling. (laughs) (laughs) A doctor once told me when I was on a severe diet for a show I was doing, a burlesque show I was doing for uh, Broadway Bears, um, and I was unhappy with the number, on the scale, he goes, Michael, first and foremost, gay body dysmorphia is real. You look amazing. Secondly, he goes, you need to realize that... You, your ancestors and your, your genetics, you're predisposed to have a layer of fat underneath your skin, which is going to keep you looking forever young. He goes, have you ever seen these white people out there that are like 26 but look really, really old? He goes, it's because they don't have that layer of skin underneath that keep that layer of fat i should say underneath their skin that keeps them looking young he goes it's a genetic thing and you will forever look young so embrace it just
1: the way i have embraced
0: my skin <laughs> amen <laughs> and the serums and the potions also also help too yes uh,
1: there's no space for serums a uh, silk satin in my life, darling. As I said, hundred percent natural.
0: Okay, okay. I I am on the other side of the fence. I love a silk satin. It feels, it feels, it feels like I am, a, I am a rich bitch. Okay. It feels like I am sleeping in in at the Four Seasons every night. Okay.
1: Now, this is really lesbian versus gay. Now, all right. <laughs> Be calm, quiet. Understand. Form over
0: function is what this is. <laughs> Lesbian versus gay, for sure. <laughs> well, um, these seventy nine pillows are obviously sold out on Amazon already. But if Jetpuff wants to send me one, because I will take it, because Ritu is not here for this, um, I will gladly take uh, this pillow because it sounds... Comfy AF, and last but not least, Anna Delvey is launching a dinner series out of her East Village apartment while under house arrest. Now, please tell me, you have watched this Netflix series about Anna Delvey?
1: You know, darling, I've never been speechless twice in my life in a span of ten minutes. Actually, <laughs> can you know what? I don't mind going under a house arrest if that would make me get a new Netflix series. I think that sounds like a damn cool idea. I get to rest. I get to go and swim for a day. I need to do every all the cool things that I want to do in the house arrest and even bloody make a TV series out of it. <laughs> I'm quite curious to see what that ends up
0: like. But did you have you seen uh, the Inventing Anna on Netflix? Yes of course i have it's it's insane it is my favorite series and that actress was incredible i forget her name now but incredible so if you haven't been following this whole anna sorkin anna delvey uh saga dramatic saga you need to hop on it and if you are Anna Anna Sorkin, also known as Anna Delvey, was supposed to be deported, I think, back to Russia a while ago. But she managed to stay here in America and she got released from... She's a
1: freaking cool dude,
0: yeah? I mean, she's... she's,
1: She is cool. She she really is. Respect. I mean, to find ways around the system, you've got to give it to her. I'm not mad at her. her.
0: I am not mad at her. She is under house arrest. They let her out of ICE detention after like 18 months or something like that. She's under house arrest. And she uh, she's uh, one of her one of the stipulations of her house arrest is she's not allowed to be on social media whatsoever. But she's selling, she's selling her um, jail sketches, sketches from jail, I think it's called, (laughs) right? For upwards of like (laughs) $20,000. And now she's hosting a dinner series out of her home.
1: Unbelievable. Unbelievable. As I said, you've got to grant it all to her. Jose Andre on one side and Anne Delvey on the other, my dear boy.
0: Right? Because she's a hustler. She is a hustler. She's
1: a hustler. Oh, she is a complete hustler and we all could learn a lesson or two.
0: Right? I love this. This article comes from Eater.com. And also, thank you to Food and Wine for keeping me in the know for all my food news. Um, both not a sponsor just yet, but we'll, we're, we're still working on it. An Ankle Monitor can't stop the 31-year-old con artist. Um, each of these dinners will welcome 10 to 12 VIP attendees, including well-known founders, influencers, media, and celebrity talent, Friends, according to her email, the event is billed as a salon series and will apparently occur monthly with each installment focusing on different conversation topics about social good movements and collective experiences across industries. The the dinner series will be free for attendees. What?
1: I have a question. Will she be cooking herself?
0: Uh, no, oh, she's no, no, no. She's uh she's uh soliciting um you know sponsors and chefs and all sorts of things she's not she is not spending a dime honey not spending yeah, a
1: yeah. dime uh, well forget about the dime she's also not spending any physical effort or showing any cooking skills because i was just thinking sketching in the jail hustling a uh, great actress you know, great with every, and even a bloody cook—that would be a bit too much for me to take. So, I'm very happy to know that the cooking is not being done by her. Thank you, Michael.
0: <laughs> I think we're here for this. I absolutely think we're here for Anna Delvey's hustle, absolutely. And I also think that's the best way to end food news update. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, this is why I love this section. And this is why I love great guests like you, because it is so fun. And the, the food news out there is crazy. Is it not? Yes, yes it's unbelievable.
1: It's un, Sometimes it's unreal. And sometimes I feel I live in a very protected world and into really a different shell. Because when you hear things around you, you say, what the fuck? Where was I? Why don't these <laughs> happen to me? Right. I mean, I start questioning the boredom that exists in my life when I hear these news compared to the others. So don't make me feel worse, and I don't want to hear any more of your food.
0: <laughs> well, great. Well, back to you. What's next for you?
1: Oh, I don't know. I've never planned anything. Every, You know, I'll tell you. Now, again, this is going out in public, so I'm really axing my own feet. Don't ask me ever what's next for you because I never stick to it and I'm a serial liar. Many <laughs> years ago, someone asked me, uh, when are you going to do your first TV show? And I said, oh, TV shows are only meant for chefs who don't like to work and they just want to be in front of the camera and make money rather than sweating in the kitchen. Lo and behold, three years later, I was doing nonstop TV series. Okay. Then someone asked me, when are you going to write your first book? God, books, what do you think? If I was ever going to write a book, it would be erotica, not a bloody cookbook. Lo behold, three books down the line. So don't ask me what next, because even if I tell you what next, I may not follow it. All right? (laughs) So it depends on my mood, it depends on the state of mind, it depends on... But right now the plan is to lead a slightly easier life. We moved to Goa, my partner and I, moved to Goa into a beautiful home with three cats a few years ago. I had this home for a long time, but during COVID time, we were stuck here. So I've promised her that now I will travel more for leisure and less for work. But then I'm a serial liar, so I don't know.
0: (laughs) well, I do know that one of your restaurants is getting revamped and redone and about to reopen. So we need, we do need to make mention of that because that's actually happening. There's no lie about that. that
1: yeah. Short term, if you talk to me about next week, I can tell you what next. If you go next three months, then I'm in trouble. All right. <laughs> that's okay. next week. I'm very excited. It's our first original Diva. It's the first Diva that I opened after I returned from England and uh, it's my pride and joy my first baby i look at her and i have tears flowing down my cheeks and it's a it's an emotion and most of the team members who have been working there have been with us from day one and in this day and age of food industry when no one stays in a place for more than three months i'm very proud to say 85 percent of my team has been there for 22 years And there's a funny joke, which I will just quickly say. You know, when I started Diva, I was 25 or 26. And most of the people who were working with me were between 20 and 24. And I said, we are a young company. We'll always be young and we will never hire anyone over 30. 10 years later, I'm still there. The same guys are still there. I am 35, 36. They are 32, 33. I said, okay, let's increase the age limit we will never hire anyone over 40. Now, 23 years down the line, we, are at, we will never hire anyone over 50 because we are a young company.
0: So that's the story about Diva. <laughs> that, what was the key to the success of the longevity of Diva? Because uh, it's hard to keep a restaurant, any restaurant, no matter who you are, open for 20 plus years.
1: So most of our restaurants now in Delhi have been open for 20-plus years. Some new additions, of course, have been made uh, during the period. So I think food consistency, quality, a very high personal level of service, which is just not made up, which actually comes from within, is really what matters. So our maitradi there, he has every guest on speed dial, all right? Even I don't have 90% of the people's regulars number, he has them all. He knows everything they like to eat, everything they like to drink. And so this is the connection our team also has with the guests. And this day and age, with the shortage of staff, with the shortage, with the food costs going crazy, energy costs going crazy, everyone trying to cut corners, it's very difficult to maintain. But this is the only thing which is our signature. And this is what I stand for, for the whole Diva family stands for. And that's one thing we are not willing to
0: compromise on. I love that. I love that. I mean, where you're in, come in next week? Pardon? I said you can come over
1: next week. Same oh. address. Just a new look and just a new menu, my boy.
0: Let let me let me just hop on. Uh, how long is that flight? Like a twenty-hour flight? I'll be right no, there.
1: From New York, it's only about eighteen.
0: Oh, only eighteen. Got it. Even better. <laughs> i mean where does the badassery come from i love i'm obsessed we are you're my new best friend
1: (laughs) (laughs) even though i'm a badass oh Oh,
0: yeah like you know big badass energy we are here for it we're absolutely here for it are you single i am single you got somebody for me
1: yeah, I'm just thinking. I just thought of a friend who would be perfect for you. All right, you and I need to chat.
0: <laughs> oh, yes. Listen, I I am single, ready to mingle. I can cook. Yeah. I can okay. cook. I, I too, have been on Netflix on a yeah, cooking okay. show. <laughs> All right. So uh, I'm coming for your gig, Ritu. Listen, I, I am so honored and happy to have... Connected with you, to have communed with you, um, you have a piece of my heart for sure, and I cannot thank you enough for giving me of time out of your so busy schedule and coming on my big little gay podcast all the way from India. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you, Michael. This for- was
1: fabulous. This was a nice break for me. Can we continue for next one hour, please?
0: Yes, uh, absolutely. You are welcome here anytime you want. Listen, give the kids all the social handles. Tell them where they can find you. Tell them all the things, please.
1: So they can get in touch with me anytime at Ritu Dal, R-I-T-U-D-A-L on Instagram, Chef Ritu Dalmia on Facebook, and Chef Ritu Dalmia again on Twitter. Although I have to admit, I'm very lazy with Twitter and now with the layoffs, I don't think I'll be using it too often, but you can get in touch with me anytime on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Anything I can help you guys, it'll be an honor for me and a pleasure.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And I obviously will link out all the things um and actually just go, just google you know just google y'all because there is a waterfall of information and videos and all sorts of things out there that you can find on my brand new friend ritu out here oh my god one more time big thanks a big shout out to ritu Dalmia for coming on the pod and kicking key with me in your mouth listeners have a great week You know, turn off the TVs, avoid the holidays, unless like you're holiday obsessed, then I'm not going to yuck your yum, you know, throw up the Christmas tree if you feel like it, do, you know, whatever makes the serotonin levels go up, I am absolutely here for in whatever way. Is possible as long as it's healthy. And that's what I'm going to leave you with today. And other than that, all I have to say is thank you for listening to In Your Mouth.